The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's PGA Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, it's happening, buddy. We got a stacked leaderboard. Yeah, we really do. Boy, did it change. It changed pretty dramatically today. This is a really cool day to watch. Um, I, I was always looking all day today at, at kind of what type of player was near the top. And earlier in the week, Rick, I kind of felt like short game was kind of my lean. I was pretty heavy on short game guys. And I really thought the the players with the best short games would, would end up near the top of the leaderboard. And yesterday, the whole list... The whole first couple of pages was just full of ball strikers, and I was like, "Wow, okay, I, I missed, I, I, I missed this, uh, this model pretty badly." But as today wore on, this is more of what I expected, where those heavy winds just kind of wear on guys, and like a Victor Hovland and Cal- Colin Morikawa, the rounds they played today, that was why I wa- I was looking for short game guys because it can even for somebody who's a great ball striker, it just the golf course is so big, it just wears on you and wears on you and wears on you, and it's relentless, um, especially with this wind direction. And then all of a sudden, we start to get a, a very diverse leaderboard and it's stacked as you said rick but it is uh it's diverse as well which is cool to see storylines abound so let's jump right into them we've got two golfers at five under par they will be in your final pairing come sunday afternoon and we'll give the nod to the golfer who shot the better round on saturday and that was louis oosthuizen a 68 which is four under and he had uh, I believe it was Louis, right? The only he was the only guy who had a bogey free round until he bogeyed eighteen. Is that right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Um, which is not surprising because it's so it, it was so tough out there. It's a lot firmer than it was in twenty twelve, which I think is pretty cool. It highlights the difference between May and August. And so when the wind, even even late in the evening, when the wind calms down, um, all the way down to like fourteen miles an hour or whatever it is, um, you're still seeing a challenging golf course because the ball's really fast on the greens. And uh, and and Louis was just in control of his ball all day long and what my favorite louis moment i think was um was on 10 he he striped another drive right down the middle which it just looks so automatic and he's standing there and they're talking about how he hit all nine greens he's hit all nine greens so far and he's got 90 yards into 10 and we're in the downwind holes and i'm like this is going in the back bunker 
Like, there's no way he hits this grade. He just got the announcer's curse and ends up in the back bunker. But he does get it up and down. So Louis is a really interesting case here. He's he's a great putter on tour this year. Um, but but he really does everything well. He's a great he's a great blend, which is why I think he's a part of this championship now. He hits it great. That swing is is beautiful, and it really highlights um, his ball striking ability. Yet he's not really he's not really a ball striker. He's kind of a well-rounded guy uh, this year on tour. I'd call him a short game and putting guy um, more so than anything. So it's, even though he's got that beautiful swing. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a well-rounded guy and just, he, he plays golf courses like this so well. It's well documented that he has zero wins on American soil. His only PGA Tour victory was the Open Championship in 2010, where he won by seven shots. Like, yeah. I, I don't I, I, like, come on. I, I knew it was a lot, but when I just saw those seven. I was like, my goodness. Uh, and of course, yeah. we know that he has, uh, you know, in a week where we are talking so much about the career Grand Slam, it's Louis who has the career Grand Slam of runners up he's finished second at every major championship grand. yeah that's uh that's the silver slam right i think dustin johnson has it too um which is hey you don't want it but it's it's still pretty cool i mean that's a that's a cool thing to be yeah. a runner-up in all four majors it's cool when you've won one if you if you if you're Louis and you don't have a claret jug or DJ and you don't have a, a green jacket in a U.S. Open, that's a pretty tough one to swallow. But when you have one, it's a cool accomplishment. Phil Mickelson, the other man tied at five under par. I cannot believe it. Phil is going to be have a co-lead heading into the weekend at the PGA Championship. And it was his second nine again, Greg. So he goes out. He starts on number 10. He goes out in two over, but he plays his second nine five under five birdies, no bogeys, a 69 on the card. And Phil has been spectacular when he finished his round. So all the guys who were, who were through two rounds in the, after the morning wave, he was leading this field in strokes gained T to green. He's, he's, he's putting it together right now. Uh, and right now he's leading off the T. Phil Mickelson is, I mean, that's, that's what I have. He, if I have a Phil Mickelson as leading the field in strokes gain off the T, Phil Mickel, that is unbelievable <laughs> to me. I'm I'm shocked that Phil is is leading this tournament, tied for the lead in this tournament. But I mean, I am more shocked that he's leading in strokes gained off the tee than I am that he's leading the tournament. Um, so look, the, Phil. It, great to it's great to watch him in contention uh, to say that i'm surprised that phil's leading the tournament seems so silly now because he's got 40 P, you know 40 whatever pga tour wins he's got five majors he's an all-time great but this golf course just doesn't seem like it'd be a phil mickelson course at all um so i i don't know i'm i he's played beautifully the iron play looks like phil of old um he has attacked some whole locations that look like you can't really get a ball to stop around him and he's done it um and it's been kind of a balanced performance i mean phil mickelson is leading through two rounds of the pga championship at on a 7800 yard golf course and he's 50% in scrambling that's mm. That's surprise. It's surprising. It feels making everything, and he's scrambling like crazy. He's getting up and down from everywhere. He, you know, he has that kind of magical ability. But he's he's seven of fourteen scrambling, and he's tied for the lead. It's it's been a quite a performance so far. 
Yeah, what we're showing on YouTube right now has Colin Morikawa leading in strokes gained off the tee, but he sprayed one on 18, so that number is going to come down when uh, when when that updates in five minutes. So Phil Mickelson, as you mentioned, Greg, is going to be leading this field in strokes yeah. gained off the tee. Just wanted to talk yeah. about that. I got him at three point three point one four on my on my um my my shot tracker website here. What is so, yeah right yeah I have him at three point one three right now, but that'll change when this yeah. updates in five minutes. Crazy. So. Uh, the the big thing here is not only would Phil uh, winning over 50 put him on a very short list of golfers who have won on the PGA Tour over 50, but he would become the oldest man to ever win a major championship by uh, over two years. I mean, this is this is uh, absolutely uncharted territory that we are heading into right now. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about guys who contend um, when, when they're a little bit older, guys who have a real chance of winning a major when they're a little bit older, it's typically an open championship. Um, I, we've had some like Freddie Couples and some guys have done really well at Augusta National um, in into some later years, but it's it's a little more rare come late Sunday. They really have a chance. Whereas we've had you know, a, a 59 year old in a playoff in an open championship, nearly winning. Um, so typically that happens in open championships. Typically, uh, actually always open championships are not this long. So in, in some ways I can understand how you'd have a guy, an experienced veteran, a little older player kind of hanging around, but it's a 7,800 yard golf course. I mean, it, it didn't play quite that long. Both days it played, um, it played, uh, basically the same distance about 7650 or so uh 7660 and 7655 i want to say it was both days extremely long golf courses but wind has a way of kind of leveling that playing field it, it makes the long holes long for everybody it makes the short hole short for everybody it takes distance out of it to to an extent and it it really puts a premium on distance control and that's something that Phil has talked about he and his he gives his brother Tim a lot of credit in getting yeah. the distances right engaging the winds properly and you combine firm conditions and high winds and it's very difficult to do and they've done a great job of it so he's he's in uncharted territory um but there's there's definitely a lot of golf left to be played of course there is. And the most impressive thing that I think that Phil has done this week is that each of his second nines, so one was the front nine, one was the back nine, but each of his second nines, he's now played at a combined nine under, nine birdies, zero bogey. So he is closing, right? He's not going out making a couple early and trying to hold on. He's closing on this ocean course. I think it's impressive stuff. And Greg, it would not be a major championship if Brooks Kepka was not in the mix, and he most certainly is a one under 71 on Friday to put him just one shot back of Ustazen and Phil Mickelson. This this round highlighted by two, not one, but two different eagles. He eagles seven, he eagles 11. Those are the two holes that you really have to take advantage of. And Brooks, he did not disappoint. So I, I um, wasn't really sure what we were going to get from Kepka this week. We talked no about it on was. Monday, Rick. No one, and, and you can't be if you pretend to be sure about it. You're, you know, his coach or something like that. You, nobody, nobody really knew where he was. Um, but um, and and Rick, we talked about how you had a outright on him. We were really right. you. You got to give him some love because he's earned that, and he's definitely going to have a chance to be a part. But we largely were staying away from him. Well, right. my my wife, on the other hand, said the other day, 
we had a really funny conversation today. But before the tournament, she said, Brooks is going to win. In fact, she commented on Instagram on the First Cup podcast uh, post and said, Brooks. And so today, when plays, co- she she got home, she was out running some errands. I said, honey, um, Brooks Kepka is one back of the lead or tied for the lead. I forget where he was exactly. And he said, I know, I told you. You guys were all like, Spieth, Xander, <laughs> Webb. But it's Brooks. So it, look, it's been uh, a little bit surprising, but this guy is just unbelievable. The, the shot he hit on seven from... That's the insane. ball looked like it was hanging. It was in the middle of a, of a bush. That, and all of a sudden he makes so- eagle. That was so unlucky. So if you did not see this, Phil, or excuse me, Brooks hits his tee shot on seven into the uh, sandy area, but there's about a one square foot uh, piece of that sandy area that is like high, wispy, whatever grass, and his ball's in there. And he just straight destroys this entire patch of grass, (laughs) gets the ball out. I think it was like 224 yards uh, to the back edge of the green, and he rolls the putt in for eagle. I mean, it's it was superhuman. Yeah, but the the difficulty of that, you got to understand, it's not like there are lies where the, the ball sits down and rough and you can go get it, right? You're, you're kind of pinching it against the, uh, the club and the ball kind of get pinched and the ground kind of get pinched together. You can hit down on it as much as you want. That ball looked to me like it was elevated a little, a couple of inches. So it's like hitting an iron off of a driver height tee or off of a tee ball tee. It's, you, you don't have the, um, the comfort of the ground where you can hit down as much as you want on it you, and, and kind of hack it out. It's suspended up in the air. So your your the level of precision just has to be uh, that much greater, and it seemed like he hit it perfectly. I don't know how yeah. he did it, but it was it, it, what it was just awesome. I might actually luck out on this because I tried to be really smart and bet Brooks uh, for this week before Byron Nelson because I was thinking, okay, the same thing's going to happen here with Rory. If Brooks plays well, his odds are going to get slashed. I'm like, okay, let me bet him now and just have that out there. And I was incredibly, incredibly wrong. And his number got like way longer going into this week, Greg. And I was like, well, now it's longer and I've already bet it. I got to bet it again. So now I'm like, (laughs) I might luck. I might have just used the wrong formula, got the right answer. I might luck out on this thing if he wins the this, golf. so if this is a a healthy brooks this is a great brook uh brooks kept good kind of golf course i mean yeah. anytime you have a difficult one it is but you there's no one way to play it and it's not going to be pretty and that's where where i think brooks really excels when when it's not pretty when it's not going your way, Brooks doesn't care. He doesn't care if his ball ends up in a bush. He doesn't care if it if he doesn't feel good. He doesn't care if he's uncomfortable over a shot. He just he just does it. He executes it. And he does so many things that a uh, sports psychologist would recommend you do, right? And the way that he moves around the golf course, the pacing that he has, um, the the attitude that he carries, it, which is a, a blend of confidence and, and fire and also coolness, I guess you could call it. So he, he does a lot of things really, really well um, that I think are to be commended. And and what he does better than anybody else that I've ever seen before is just flip a switch in majors. It's like a it's like an NBA team deciding to play defense in the playoffs, right? It's like, <laughs> like all of a sudden they can he can just do this in a major? Like how how I mean it almost upsets me that he can play the way he does 
I know he was hurt this at the Byron Nelson. So I understand. I give him credit. I'm not, I'm not bashing on him here. I'm just saying, like, how how is this possible that he can be in no form and just because it's a major come out and be the favorite through two rounds? He's got to be the favorite right now. He is. Yeah, he he is the favorite. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But Greg, so we've already talked about Louis Eustazen, which would be a great storyline. 11 years since his only PGA Tour victory was a major championship. All the runner-ups, that would be a great storyline. We've talked about the Phil Mickelson storyline. We've talked about the Brooks Kepka winning in 18, 19, and potentially being able to do it in 21. But what would trump all of those? would be if Hideki Matsuyama won this golf tournament and wins the first two legs of the Grand Slam. And Greg, I think he's going to do it. He flies up the leaderboard on Friday and shoots one of the rounds of the day, a 68. Only Louis Oosthuizen was able to match that mark. He bogeyed 18, but he was absolutely dialed in. Birdies on 2, 6, 7, 10, 11, 13. He's leading the field in strokes gained tee to green, and he is the tiniest of negatives as a putter this is not only the blueprint but we saw the blueprint coming into this event for Hideki Matsuyama he is dialed in I'm loving this guy right now I I actually have him as uh and I'm not sure if I'm I'm ahead of you or if you're ahead of me you, but I have him as a me, probably all right, so he's a slight gainer on the greens. Okay. Um, he's got, so he's already made 119 feet of putts, which is pretty, I mean, that's a, it's not terrible. It's, it's pretty good. Um, so look, I would say he's, he's gained 0.378th in the field putting. It hasn't been great, um, but he's seven and nine in scrambling. And this is why he was such a fascinating guy for me heading into the week. Although I, I, I kind of went with my rule of defending champions. Uh, and guys that just want to major don't do it again. So I kind of stayed away from him because of that rule, which was foolish because he is the blend that is required here. He's a great ball striker, but he also has a great and very reliable short game. Um, so he is second in the field in scrambling um, at, at seven of see, seven of nine, and he's driving the ball the way he's driving it. And you know how good he is with his irons. I mean, he hit some tee shots today that just it, they came down in the fairway so hard and they took huge bounces. I know that was happening for everybody downwind, but Hideki hit some and it was just, they, they were perfect and they, they landed so hot and they must've gotten a hundred yards of roll and, and they're right in the middle of the fairway. And the, these fairways have such a ang They all have a little bit of movement and a little angle to them. And when the ball's bouncing that much, it's very easy to go through the fairway. But Hideki had them just perfectly placed and they were just bounding down the middle. It was it was really, really cool. Yeah, he's been really special and it would be cool to see a guy win the Masters and then the PGA Championship and we get to sweat that until we get to Torrey Pines and see what happens there. Okay, Greg, we've got to do our odds and ends because there's been some weird stuff that's happened today, but we've got to look at the odds board. And first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that 
needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Brooks Kepka, one shot back. The favorite over at William Hill, he's four to one. Louis Oosthuizen, five and a half to one. Hideki Matsuyama, who's two back, seven and a half to one. And Greg, little respect for Phil Mickelson, 44-time winner on the PGA Tour, five major championships, tied for the lead, 12 to one, the same number as Bryson DeChambeau, who is four back. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, and I, I don't think it's no love. This is what happened the last time, right? We we talk about this all the time. You use um, you use things that have happened in the past and use them to project what's going to happen in the future. And that would tell you that Phil, who's playing better, is going to lose it at some point, and this is going to get away from him. He's going to shoot a 75 one of these next two days, and it's going to get away from him. That's what the past would tell you. Um, so I, I completely understand why he's at at 12 to 1. Uh, and I, I I think he's a long shot to get this done. This is just a big golf course with a, uh, there's a lot of work to be done and there's a lot of really good players hanging right around him. So I, I have my concerns about Phil. I understand why he's sitting there. Um, I, I think Brooks sitting as the favorite also makes a ton of sense. It, do you think Louis a little high, a little uh, short on those odds? He he, he's only won one yeah. PGA Tour event. I, I feel like he's I, a little short there at five fifty. I would not necessarily um, separate him from Phil as much. You know, if if honestly, yeah. both those guys yeah. were twelve to one, or maybe I'd give Louis a little bit of a nod because Louis. I mean, Louis it doesn't play often, but when he plays, he plays pretty well. I would have made him like ten to one. I I do think that. Um, that is very short. I don't know if William Hill has uh, some some type of liability on Louis this week, or they just took a big bet on him. But I I thought that was a little yeah. A little that's weird. a good point. Uh, see, he's a guy to me that would be that should be higher priced in DraftKings than he is uh, than than his odds would indicate. Like that that would be the separate. He's a great guy to have in your fantasy lineup. But yeah. uh, he's just he he doesn't usually win he he, he doesn't win he, he hardly ever wins and he's always in contention so that's interesting to me um, so there are a couple of guys that I, I think are uh, kind of fun to look at but it's not a extremely deep board like what are your thoughts on Morikawa you think he's too far back you can get him at uh, at fifty to one right now he was a, kind of a ways what's back from thirty six what's last he at time, right now right? did he get back to one under. What did he get? Yeah, I believe he's one under. One over. One over. Oh, he's one over. He's oh right. He's within six. But that was that was the key number. You have to be within six 
um, at least Justin Ray had a stat. It's like it's like twenty seven of the last thirty three were within six. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's each of the last thirty three men's major champions were at or within six shots of the lead through thirty six holes. Twenty four of the last twenty nine were within three. So if you go within three, you're talking about all the guys at two under. So Casey, Sung, Jay, Streelman, Woodland, Connors, those are the two unders. I mean, the the more yeah, things that's eleven guys. Because yeah, I, I I think that's the group, especially with some of the names that we have at the top, and I'll more on that in a second. But what Morikawa did when he won the PGA Championship last year at Harding Park is he literally shot right the best weekend score ever. Right, it was literally yeah. the best weekend score ever. He would probably need something historically good like that to to pull it off again, especially with the names that we have at the top here, Greg. And and these, I mean, look, I mean, this is if if the if the model that we talk about all the time is right, um, which it tends to to be more often than not, we are in for an absolute heavyweight battle. The top three guys in strokes gained tee to green: Hideki Matsuyama, Bryson DeChambeau. Brooks Kepka. Kepka's the only one gaining strokes putting, and he's only gained 1.2. This is like Superman versus Batman versus some other guy. Spider yeah. Spider Man's not as big, but you know what I mean? Like this is like this is a, a superhero bout at the top. I wish Kepka I wish Kepka wasn't the favorite. Um, cause he's doing the, these are the things that he does when he wins majors. He's doing them again this week. Um, it's no surprise he's sitting right where he is, but he's second strokes gain approach. He's first in proximity to the hole. And when you're doing both of those things really well, like Kepke is now, um, in the past, that's led to wins. And then he's making the key putts. The putt he made on 18, I thought was huge. Um, yeah. and, and it's just for the confidence. That's the strength of, Hey, I'm Brooks Kepka. I've got four. And I'm here again. My hope for him is that he doesn't go and say uh, something like, I, I hope he doesn't say Hideki Matsuyama only has one. Uh, you know, <laughs> he, he shouldn't. I hope he's not attacking anybody else on the leaderboard this week. So we'll see. I, I guess he can't because the guy that's ahead of him uh, has uh, more than him. So uh, that that's maybe true. that helps Brooks this week. That's true. A couple odds and ends before we get out of here. Dustin Johnson, he gone the first world number one to miss consecutive major cuts since Greg Norman did it in 1997. DJ just never had any momentum. It was kind of a continuation of the last handful of starts that we've seen from DJ where he just hasn't been. He just hasn't been as sharp, Greg. No, it's a little disappointing. I got to think it has something to do with the knee. Um, and what's going on on the greens. I don't know where DJ is right now, but it's not the guy that, uh, obviously that we saw last year. So, uh, I'm sure he'll flip the switch again at some point this year. Um, but it was, uh, I mean, I guess, look, a run can't last forever. The run that he had last year can't last forever. So we'll probably get a new world number one at some point in the next month or so. Um, and, and then at some point after that, DJ will probably get back there again. That's how it has happened in the past. So there was a chance and I guess there, no, there was a chance that Justin Thomas could have become, but could have become the number one player this week. I think he would have had to have won and DJ yeah. would have had to finish, you know, X or worse, whatever it is, but right. there was a he, had, he had that chance at Masters too. Yeah, um, that went once DJ but, missed the cut. But when that when DJ went on that run at the end of last year, that gap was too. It was huge. It, he was like oh, he yeah. was lapping the field. Uh, so it's it's certainly closing. So I, I kind of like your prediction that we are you know trending towards a new number one player. Yeah, it certainly feels I think that so. way. Uh, and, and, 
Xander Shoffley missed the cut as well. And our, our buddy Eric Patterson points out that this is his just the second cut that he has missed at a major in his career. He was 14 out of 15 coming into this week. And this is his first missed cut since the 2017 PGA Championship. Um, just, you know, uh, Xander's always a consistent player. And, and sometimes the course bites back and gets you. Yeah, I, he's another one of those guys I thought was really kind of like Hideki, where you're really you're long enough, you're you're a good enough iron player, and you have the short game to go along with it. I thought it would be a great week for him, so I was very high on him. But this is this just demonstrates the fine line between uh, majors and non-majors. You look at what happened on 13 today in a very short window. Brooks Kepka's ball stays up, and he's able to make par. Victor Hovland's ball rolls into the into the water. He makes double, and and the difference in their shot quality was not uh, two shots worth. So the line in majors is very fine, and that's why you get play- that's why you get really good players who are playing well who miss the cut. Sometimes it doesn't go your way, and it's just hard to make enough birdies to recover. Before we get out of here, uh, right at the end of the coverage, we we flipped to 17 and got a view of Eric Van Royen uh, taking out his frustration, not once, but twice on a tee marker. And we were just kind of chatting before we went hot here. This is probably one of the stupidest things I've ever seen anybody do on a golf course, like it out of frustration. I've seen guys snap their club over their leg. That's all good. I really don't care. Slam your club, whatever. But he took a hack at this tee, tee marker. Hits it towards these guys that are something flew back towards these guys that are on the back of the green. Then he takes another crack, almost decapitates his caddy. Like it, it is like I, I he will be hearing from Jay Monahan and everybody else here shortly. Yeah. Oh, and he should. Um, and, and look, this is the thing. You're you're free to do whatever you'd like until it starts to affect somebody else. So if you're gonna break your own club over your knee, okay. That, right. that that's uh, that's care. you you that affects you look it's not a great example i don't want really want my kids seeing that if they're an evr fan um which they will never be from this point forward <laughs> uh, but once you start damaging the course you start taking a divot out, out of the golf course or hitting a t marker or or hitting something at someone now it becomes a problem that's when you cross the line it affects more individuals than you and all it did was slow down uh the pace of play which we was really moving along nice grueling yeah it it was such a brisk round until EVR got to 17. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Five hours it really caused the hold minutes. up. Um, you know, and, and it, it, I think there is a distinction because, and we have rightfully so ripped Sergio for taking his frustration out on uh, bunkers, but that's like, yeah. okay, take, I really don't like, I'm not like an uptight prude or whatever. I don't care if you take it out on, on a bunker. This, this felt different, not a good look. And he will certainly be uh, a few dollars lighter come. Monday morning or whenever this is going to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, you can give everybody, everybody has their moments and you can say, sorry, we've, we've all done stupid things. Um, and that was at least one of them that we've seen from EVR. Uh, by the way, our very own Mark Immelman just tweeted out a photo. Hideki Matsuyama just shot the round of the day on the putting green right now, getting work in. Oh, mama. He's going for it. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> oh, he he looked so good today. I wouldn't I really wouldn't be surprised. Not even a little bit. I love it. Uh, okay. Well, we are obviously going to be back after round three, after round four, making sure that we break all this down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.